Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Commercial Relocation Happy Hour. With you as always, I'm Rob Clark and Ed Katz is on the other line. Ed, how you doing? I'm doing just terrific. Thank you so much for asking, Rob. I hope you're having a great day. Doing well and looking forward to uh, doing another episode of our podcast together. Me too. All right, this one, uh, for everybody who wants to know what's the title, uh, they've already seen it because it's been published on the uh, LinkedIn and uh, podcast site. But the title of this episode is How to Get Customers to Refer You Without Even Asking, Ed. I mean, sounds like a bit of magic there. Well, it's not easy and it's a big challenge, but I think I have a formula. Okay. You want me to tell you? Well, yeah. I mean, I, 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 think, that's, I think everybody wants you to tell us. <laughs> well, first of all, we tracked every phone call that came into our office and where somebody wanted an estimate. We tracked and found out why, why were they calling us? Why not somebody else? And so I learned a long time ago, Rob, if you want to get information from somebody, you don't ask an open-ended question. If your wife were in the room, Sandra, if she were there and I wanted to know how old she is, I wouldn't say, Sandra, how old are you? Of course, you'd get slapped on your end if I asked that question, but I'm just making a point here. So if you know, I asked her- You know her, my wife, yeah. I know your wife. So yeah. if I asked her, how old are you? It gives her time to think before she answers the question. So she's like 28 years old and she doesn't want me to know she's that old. So she's, oh, I'm 24. See, she thought before she answered. You got it? Exactly. So I learned if you want to find out something, Never ask an open-ended question. Instead, ask it direct so they have to choose A or B, or they're going to come up with C, which is the correct answer. So if I were asking her her age, I'd say, Sandra, I'm just curious. Are you 21 or 22 years old? No, I'm, t I'm 28. See, she didn't have time to think. I asked her a direct question. I know she wasn't 21 or 22, but I wanted to find out her real age. So, you know, I'm 28. Ed. I know. Oh, okay. Thanks. So same thing with customers. When they called, we never asked, um, can you tell us why you're calling our moving company? And they might also say, no, I'm not going to tell you. So what we always did to get that information to track, because I wanted to know why companies, people were calling our company, our moving company for service. So we would always say this, I'm just curious, did someone recommend us to you? Or did we move you before? Uh, no, we saw your trucks. Or no, you were doing a move in our building. Or so-and-so recommended you. Do you see how I'm asking a direct question? I didn't say, did, you, can you tell us why you're calling us? No, that's open-ended question. I say, I'm just curious. Did someone recommend us? Or did we move you before? Because if somebody recommended us, we always like to send them a thank you note. Now, let me talk about that for one second. We are so lazy in our country. If somebody does a favor for you, a lazy man's way of thanking them is to send them an email. That's just lazy. It's easy, it's convenient, it's fast, and it's lazy. If somebody does me a favor, to this day, I take out pre-printed pre -printed with a design card it's really nice stationery it's a card and i write in my own chicken scratch thank you so much for whatever they did and i really appreciate your support and i sign it ed and i mail it to them snail mail 
that is so much more appreciated when somebody does that as opposed to getting an email. Thank you. Do you see the difference? Oh, huge difference. So that's what we do. Okay. So I want you to kind of repeat the importance of tracking those prospects. I mean, when they called for an estimate, how did you capture that information? So again, we asked that question. I'm just curious, did someone recommend us or did we move you before? And they gave that information out. And then when there was somebody that recommended us, we always hand wrote a personal thank you note. So does that answer that question? Well, it does. So, how do we, so again, how do we get them to recommend us? I think we all had this bad experience happen to us at one time or another. Well, you no, know, I guess millennials don't have this. I guess it didn't happen to them because who buys, nobody buys insurance anymore from an insurance agent. I think they buy their life insurance over the internet. But back in the days, I'll never forget this. I bought life insurance and my life insurance agent called me up after the sale and said, Hey, Ed, you know, it's people like you that keep me in business. Can you help me out? Can you recommend me? to your friends and your relatives. And let me tell you something I did when I didn't know what I was doing and I was very naive, I said, yeah, I don't care. So I gave him my contacts that I had my friends and relatives and he started calling them and saying, hey, Ed Katz asked me to give you a call. I got hate phone calls from some of my family members like, why did you sick that dog on me? Why did you have that guy call me? I don't want to buy life insurance from him. And I thought, gee, I don't know. He asked me to do it. And I was naive. I did it. So today, most people, if they, if, if they say, you know, we build our book of business dependent upon people like you referring us and giving us, you know, who are your friends and relatives? I tell everybody, I have no friends. And my, I'm so old, you know, I don't even know if I can't remember my who my relatives are. So anyhow, I don't ever give names out to anybody. And I'm telling you, don't do it because that's nobody wants, especially a life insurance agent <laughs> calling them saying, Hey, you know, it cats, he's real smart. He bought life insurance for me. You should too. So that doesn't work. So I really have always been against ever since that happened to me. I never asked my clients to refer us. Remember I building managers, different story. I thank them for referring us. If you listen to the other podcasts, thanks so much for recommending us. Podcast. And as a token of yeah, as a token of my appreciation, here is our free disaster recovery program. Big difference. You see what I'm we're, podcast sorry. episode ten. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. Absolutely. Okay, great. Good. Okay, so you would never ask them to recommend you. So how did you get them to recommend you? What'd you do? Well, first of all, we had to render a great service. That's obviously very, very important. And we created an evaluation form. It had five questions that when we sent them the invoice included in there was a self-addressed stamped envelope with an evaluation form. And we asked them to fill it out. You know, did we arrive on time? Were we courteous and polite to you? Sounds a little bit like the mover audit, but it was way before the mover audit. So this was a questionnaire that went to the client that we moved. Did we minimize the risk of damage 
to your furniture and computers? Did we minimize the risk of damage by using our extensive building protection? Again, another measurement tool, but also we wanted them to let us know we want this is a way of our finding out were they happy with our service so you got that that was step one okay so after we got our uh invoices sent with these evaluations you know what maybe 10 or 20 percent of the ones we mailed of these evaluations came back but they did come back and every once in a while there might be a hiccup and believe me i would personally call that client and say, what can we do to take care of your problem? And it usually had to do with a very minor damage claim, but they vented and I responded with a phone call. But the ones that came back that you know, just gave us wonderful reviews and how great we were and that you know, they, they feared the move and they wished that all the other service providers involved in relocation were as organized and thorough and great as we were. I mean, those were the home one, home runs that were hit out of the park, so to speak. So with those, I would personally call them up and I would tell them this. Remember, I'm not going to ask them to refer us, but I wanted to have a codependency, just like I developed with property managers. I wanted to have a codependency with the clients who thought we were wonderful. You see where I'm going? Which way oh, I'm absolutely. Going? Okay. Remember, I'm trying to get them to recommend us without asking them to recommend us. So way back when, I mean, years ago, I would call them up. These are the ones that sent back the evaluations. These are the ones that gave us just wonderful reviews. And I'd personally call them up and I'd say, look, we're just a local office mover. However, if you ever have any other need related to a relocation, you can call me and I'll see if I can help you find a service provider to help you with your need. So for example, we did all the moves for a company that's not called what they are anymore. They were called Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn had offices in other cities. And I remember my contact calling me up after the move and saying, hey, I remember you're telling us you only do local office moves, but we have a an office up in Long Island City or somewhere up in Long Island, New York. And can you recommend a mover? And I said, yeah, and let me tell you how we work. If you were to call any other moving company and they gave you a referral and you use that referral, most moving companies, when you get a referral from them, are going to get a finder's fee from the service provider that they recommended. So in other words, if you have an office move with a moving company, I recommend to you in Long Island and they do that move for your branch up there, they're going to send me 10% finder's fee. But they won't charge the customer for that. Oh, they're going to raise what? the, oh, they sure are. They're going to raise the price of the move by 10% because it's a, they, they have the move already. If I recommend them, they're going to get the move and they're going to raise their price by 10%. That happens. And send me 10%. That's the way it works, Rob. Okay. I'm learning. I hate, I know I lived I'm in New learning. York for four years and I'm cynical. <laughs> but I'm telling you, that's real world. Okay. That's what I see. So we said to our clients, we won't accept a finder's fee from any service provider we recommend but we tell them this we'll recommend you so long as you do a wonderful job render a stellar service and that in return is all we want and we'll keep recommending you if we have a need in your market 
um, in this case, Long Island for a mover. You got it? Well, Holiday Inn was like, that's like incredible. And I'm telling you, we never accepted a commission, a finder's fee from anybody for recommending them. So there was a furniture dealer who, he wasn't a dealer. He bought and sold discarded used furniture. And these guys were notorious for de dealing in cash. And he took a two, he took two $100 bills way back when and put them in my pocket, in my suit pocket and said, here, this is for recommending me to so-and-so. And he gave me $200 cash. I gave it right back to him. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't work with you anymore. I don't accept any, I thought to myself, bribes. You yeah. Know? And I stopped recommending him. He once threatened me. He said, you're the only mover that won't work with me. Everybody else, you know. Loves uh, my Benjamin. Yeah, and accepts <laughs> bribes. Right. I worked with a guy named Richard Strickland in Atlanta. And I used to say to Richard, I'm telling you right now, if we go to Arby's for lunch or for a meal or a snack or whatever, I'm not going to even let you buy me iced tea because I have this relationship with my clients that if I recommend someone like you for your, your service, then I'm not going to accept a bribe or a payoff or a commission or a finder's fee. That's just the way it is. And of course, most movers are rolling their eyeballs right now. You're leaving a lot of money on the table. No, it built up. I became my own Angie's list before there was such a thing as an Angie's list. I would recommend a contractor. I would recommend an architectural engineering firm, a janitorial service, a painter, whatever it was. I had this relationship with other service providers and I said this well to them. Where they were short-sighted, Ed, and I'm sorry for interrupting you. That's okay. But where, they, where I think they were short-sighted was all they had to do was render a outstanding service and they would continue to get leads from you. It wasn't about what you could give back to them. The WIIFM, as you like to say, what's in it for me, was your client getting a good service from that provider in that market. That's what was in it for you. I agree. And, and we really were honest. I mean, I don't know. Nobody's, you know, holier than now. You know. You're close. You're close. Oh yeah. Right. Thanks. But anyhow, <laughs> I'm, I'm on thin ice here. You know, I'm near the, uh, I'm near the end of my life here. And, and so I'm going to be real careful what I say publicly because I don't want to go. I don't want to go down. I want to go up. When there I you die. go. But anyhow. Um, now I'm going to speak with, with forked tongue and I, I'm going to bring this up. There are some companies though, that, that very successfully do pay finder fees. Like I use a company and I've used them since 1980 called overhead door company. And they have them all, they have franchises all over the United States. And I always thought they were the best and I've used them exclusively. And to this day, I have a small warehouse where I store my inventory and I have, um, had problems with a roll-up door. And again, even here in Mississippi, I called Overhead Door Company. I noticed on their website that they say, if you uh, refer someone to us and we end up doing work for them, we will pay you a, a finder's fee. They, they advertise that. I use Constant Contact, which is, in my opinion, the best email marketing tool on the planet. I think they're outstanding. They're great. And they, too... Uh, in fact, I told you about Constant Contact. And you what did. did I tell you? I told you that if you end up uh, using their service, they're going to send me, and you tell them that I told you about their service, they're going to send me $100. And what did I tell you? Do you remember what I told you? You told me you would give me that $100 to use that's for right. my account. That's right. So You practice what you preach. Well, I'm trying to 
trying to practice what I preach, but my point is this. That's my reputation with people when I recommend somebody. That if I get a finder's fee, I'm going to give it to the person who I, you know, told to use that product or service. And, but I'll tell you, getting back to how to get clients to recommend you, it's, it's again, branding, becoming uniquely known for solving your customers' worst nightmares and problems. At the time, Holiday Inn did not want to play Russian roulette and call somebody at, in those days out of the yellow pages. They were hoping to get a referral from Ed Katz, who they knew would not accept a bribe or a payoff or a finder's fee or anything um, to refer somebody that would render a good service. That's why you want to really court building managers for this reason. Building managers are the salt of the earth. I'm not talking about real estate agents. <laughs> I'm a former real estate agent. And the saying used to be that a, a real estate agent would sell his own mother, his, his own mother for a commission. I mean, if you, if a, if a real estate agent recommends somebody to you, rest assured, they're probably, probably here comes cynical Ed Katz out of New York city again, but they're probably getting a finder's fee for referring a service provider. Building managers are production people. They're like operations people. They are the complaint department of a building. And if they recommend a service provider, I assure you, most of them would never accept a bribe, a finder's fee, a commission, a payout, a payoff. They're just not who they are. They care about their tenants. They care about the building. They care that it doesn't get disrupted and torn up and all those things. So you see the difference. I try to walk in the shoes of a building manager and not a real estate agent. I'm going to, I'm going to get so much hate mail. I get nobody likes me to begin with. And now they're going to really hate me because the whole real estate industry who are brokers are going to say bad things about me. Uh, this is a Rob, Rob Clark talk, talking here from Houston <laughs> that said that, not Ed Katz. Way to do that to me, Ed. Appreciate that. <laughs> okay. And trying to, you know, in today's world, is there, is there one or three or five things that you think of that a commercial relocation company can do um, to stand out, stand out or differentiate themselves in that kind of, you know, when they're trying to build those relationships with uh, property management, building managers? Property management, I'll tell you, in my opinion, they really care about not having their building torn up. Do you know, I'm not kidding you. If you scratch the frame of a passenger elevator, like a chrome or a metal or a wood frame of an elevator entrance, that's a swing elevator, um, a passenger elevator that's converted, the, you know, the hall freight, they hang pads on the inside nights and weekends for office moves. If you were to dent the frame of an elevator, it could cost a minimum of $3,500 to have that repaired or replaced. And if it's a gouge or a dent, a lot of times they can't fix or replace it. And think about this. When their tenants push the button for the elevator, where do they face? They stand facing the elevator so they won't miss the next elevator. And they are paying $25, $30, a square foot for rent. That's their, their corporate image, their brand. And... They see the elevator frames have nicks and scratches and dents and gouges. And who do you think they call? They call the building managers and complain that, hey, I'm paying all this rent. And this is our image when our clients come into the lobby and see this, this building is torn up. And what the tenant doesn't know, that poor landlord just spent three or $4,000 two months earlier 
having the same elevator repaired, but somebody did a move this following weekend and tore up the elevator, damaged common walls in the lobby, stained the carpet, or they go into their bathroom Monday morning, the men's room, they go into the men's room Monday morning. This is the tenant goes in and there the bathroom has been trashed. And who do you think he calls and complains? He calls the building manager, the property manager, and, and screams and yells and says, hey, I'm paying all this rent. We have clients that come here. This is our image, blah, blah, blah. And of course, the bathroom was probably cleaned by the janitorial crew Friday night. Yep. And then the movers were still there Saturday, maybe Sunday. And that's how they left the bathroom. That's why if you could become proactive and really act like a guest in the landlord's house. That's to be a big differentiator because you'd be amazed if they use masonite instead of polonite and it disintegrates and it leaves that broken up confetti on the floor that masonite does and they don't vacuum, vacuum it up. And then the tenants go to work Monday morning and they see the confetti of the, the masonite everywhere. They're gonna think the building was, was never clean. They don't know what happened, how it happened. And that, these are great differentiators. Take care of that building manager and you'll be recommended to his tenants. I One agree. last thing. Yeah, go One ahead. One last thing. I, I've interviewed a lot of building managers. And you know what? They're afraid to say, use such and such a moving company because that moving company they, they recommend and refer might render a great service. But if the tenant has unrealistic expectations and standards, they still may go to the building manager and say, hey, why'd you recommend so-and-so? They did a lousy job. So why would he say use such and such a moving company? Here is what these brilliant, smart, wise building managers used to say to their tenants. We're not supposed to recommend any moving company to our tenants. But all I can tell you is this. When... I'm going to not uh, say when Peachtree Movers, that's the moving company I owned and I sold in 2000. When Peachtree Movers comes into the building, they really take care of your furniture and your computers. I noticed when the other movers are in our building, they destroy the furniture and they send a bunch of drunks in. But I'm not recommending Peachtree Movers, but I just want you to know I've seen the difference between the service that Peachtree Movers re, you know, renders and other moving companies. Okay, Ed, but, I, need, I need you to do that again. But say CDM three sixty. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so I uh, say so I can. All right, ready? Clap your hands. Then you will know where. Okay. So here's something else to think about. If you want a great differentiator and get referrals and recommendations, I've talked to many, many building managers over the years, and you know I preach this when I teach the seminar, and that's this. Building managers are going to be afraid to recommend, let's say, CDM 360, the company you work for, because you may render a great service, but for whatever reason, the tenant that you move, your client, may have had unrealistic expectations. And so now because a particular building manager recommended CDM 360 to a, one of his tenants, now that tenant complains to the building manager. So here's what I have found out over the years. These building managers are so smart and so sharp and so wise. What they'll do is this. They'll say something like this. We are not supposed to recommend any moving company to any of our tenants, but I'll tell you this. When CDM 360 
sets foot in our building. They really seem to care about your furniture and your electronics. I can tell you the difference. I see the other movers, they'll send drunks in. They'll send people who are not trained and they seem to tear up the other tenants' furniture and electronics. But when CDM360 comes into your building, they really care about your furniture and your electronics. And did you hear how the building manager flipped it? Really and truly, the tenant that's moving into the building is not as concerned about tearing up the elevator, the walls, the doors, and other real property, although they are ultimately liable if there is damage and the movers don't satisfy the claim. But that aside, the building manager flipped it. Instead of saying that CDM360 really takes care of the building, he's doing a WIIFM. What's in it for me? What's in it for me if I'm a tenant is I care about my furniture and I care about the electronics. So this smart, wise, sharp building manager doesn't talk about the building. He talks about what the other movers typically do to the tenants, furniture and electronics when he sees them do moves in the building versus CDM 360. It's a great differentiator and building managers will recommend you for their own vested interest. What do you think about that? I think you're spot on and I can't thank you enough for throwing out our company, CDM 360 in that example you use, man, that's awesome. Well, because I know you do. You do take care of we do. the furniture, the electronics, and I know you take care of real property because you use my Matadors and Henry Masuda's Polynite. Love so his Polynite. Love the CompuRaps. I mean, there's a whole list of things I can go into about what I love, but I won't do it right now. Thank you. <laughs> well, Ed, that was a fun episode. Uh, that was good information uh, and some good tactics and strategy on, on how to get uh, – you know, customers to refer you without even asking them to do so. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I really believe that if you ask somebody to refer you and help you build your book of business, it's going to be a big turnoff. So I hope these are words of wisdom to you. They absolutely are. You know, for me, something we've practiced for a long time. Uh, again, for people who have not um, gotten into IOMI, please go check out IOMI at, at the website www.officemoves.com. So check out Ed, check out everything he does, all the practices and procedures he has. It's really a uh, seminar worth taking. It's uh, the, the things that he will implement into your company will be great for the growth and production, efficiency, and uh, bottom line of your company. So definitely worth looking into. Um, thanks so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Commercial Relocation Happy Hour. And until our next episode, go sell another move. Goodbye, everyone.